All right, we heard a tremendous amount of information from Adriana LaGrange, Tyler Shandro, Casey Maju, and Premier Jason Kenney this morning talking about the new restrictions and how they're going to be enforced and what they're going to mean for Albertans. Now it's time to hear from you. 780-496-0063-403-974-8255. Let's go right to the phones. James, you're number one. Hi, James. How are you? Good, good. Just waiting to to go golfing here. But... um just the just the thing we you and I talked about uh, a month ago when I uh, had just got over COVID mm-hmm. and I was in the hospital there. Remember I mentioned to you about getting a separate room or or a facility, right? And yes, he brought, and he brought that up today. Did you notice that? Yeah, I, I, that was one of the things that he talked about. And it, I mean, that's something that they came very close to doing before when they were setting up in the Butterdome, right? Because see, everybody that's talking has not been down to the hospital or has most of them and or has never had COVID. And when you go down to the hospital, there's absolutely basically one to zero people down there. So, and there's only one or two in ICU at each average, each hospital. Maybe Um, when you were there, not anymore. Well, I don't know. If you and I went down there, you could bring it on the film crew. Well, I I talked Um, to a doctor who was working one earlier this week. I don't know why we need to question the information that we're getting from the doctors. Well, because I was there. You, when were and you there? So, when were you there, James? Well, I was there, I was there a month ago, and, and sure, there was it was only eight hundred people a month, right? That were, or eight hundred a day. But the good news is, in three, four days down the road, those eight hundred are are good. So, why don't we take that information? I'll come in and get in. Sorry, I'm just, that's okay. Um, so, let's talk about the good news. Add that information onto the number that are getting the shots, too. Sure, absolutely. And, and pretty soon we'll be double the amount of people that have had it or have had a shot that live in Alberta. That's Yeah, you're absolutely right, James. That's, that, is, that is the plan. That, that, that's what needs to happen. And it, it, the thing is, it has to happen before we get to the point where the healthcare system can't handle it. And I think the, the gamble was the vaccines will keep us out of a tough spot. It hasn't worked out that way, so now we need to respond and react. Let's go to Miles now, who wants to weigh in. Hi, Miles. Hello, Shay. How are you? I have a... Huh, good. How are you? Good. I have a practical and uh, peaceful way for all of us to oppose the government overreach restrictions um, and mandates okay. uh, against co- for COVID. Effective immediately. Everyone in Alberta who opposes these restrictions... Anytime you cross over or under an overpass or bridge, blast your horn the full time. <laughs> Get your anger make out. Your voice heard. <laughs> make, your, make your voice heard because uh, they're not listening to us in any other way. I cannot get a call back from my MLA. I've called him numerous times over the last uh, weeks and no response other uh, than his secretary promising a call back. So they're not listening. Um, they're not, they're not, uh, supporting the things that they're saying. So this is Im- effective immediately. As of now, everyone in Alberta that can hear my voice, when you cross a bridge over and or under an overpass or bridge, blast your horn. Additionally, anytime you see government propaganda, billboards or signs on the side of the road, blast your horn, <laughs> make your voices heard. Okay. Okay. I want this to go. There's a strategy. Provincially, provincially <laughs> nationally. If you're in a truck like me, use your air horn. Let her go. Okay, okay Miles, there the you voice, go. There, there's the a strategy for Miles. I promise it. All right. Thanks, bud. I appreciate the call. Uh, okay, so there you go. If you're angry, blow your horn. Uh, let's go to John. Hi, John. Hi, Shay. Um, good morning. Um, interesting press conference. Uh, 
three quick points. Okay. Um, number one, I think enforcement didn't leave me very confident in today that they will be more, much more pro- proactive than they've been, even though we've seen the whistle stop happen. I think I was expecting a little bit more forceful tone from Mr. Madu. Yeah. Second, second um, I don't think the restrictions are enough. Oh, you want to see more restrictions? Far, yeah, based on how far we've gone. Um, I think, uh, I, I, I know we've had previous callers today that talked about malls. I just cannot, for the life of me, see anything essential being in a mall. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and, and uh, as I said, the Premier's um, rationale, he was asked that, and the reasoning he's doing that is because he doesn't want to shut down the small businesses that operate in malls to the advantage yeah. of, you know, the Costcos and the Walmarts, right? That was and a mistake, he said, last, first time. My last point, and, and don't get me wrong, I think it's great that they're doing 12 and older, but I sure hope this government has their eye on the ball, that they have enough vaccines to start giving everybody their fourth, their second shot before the fourth month runs out. In time, I, yeah. I, I share your concern, John. I got an AstraZeneca vaccination, and now with the fact that we are not getting any from India and we don't know when we might again, um, I, I'm i not 100% optimistic that it's going gonna, it's gonna to be there when I need it by yeah. August. And, and if you think frustration is bad now, you wait till we're being told after four months that we are yeah. not getting our shot. Yeah, Our fair point. Yeah, I think you're, I think that's that's going to be the next uh, crisis that we're dealing with, John. I think hopefully not. Hopefully, um, you know, we're we're knee deep in vaccines and we don't have to worry about it. But uh, that could become an issue down the road. Let's go to Tom now. Hi, Tom. Hey. So he's saying that he doesn't want to shut down the malls right. to the chagrin to help out Walmart. So like how would we shut down Walmart and Superstore and all these big consumers? You walk in there. They're already at max capacity all the time. The parking lots are already full. I'm staring at a Home Depot parking lot right now that is full to capacity. Yeah, Home Depot and is an interesting one. I, I think, I mean, the argument obviously is if you're going to shut down... Well, um, Walmart's, Walmart's right beside it, and it's full too. Yeah, but and I mean, the thing that they're going to tell you about the Walmart and the Costco and stuff is that's pharmacy and food, and you can't shut that well, down. Well, that's... Then that's small business. There's plenty of small business owners that will carry the load. There's more reason that they don't shut down than why they go after small businesses. What difference is a softball team not going to go play baseball, but you can keep Walmart going. I can go to Crazy Bins right now. I don't know if you heard of a Crazy Bins liquidation. No, I haven't. That's disgusting. Why is it up? Look it up. Why okay. is it up and running? Yeah, you I got have. five aisles of, of, of garbage stuff from Amazon, recycled, returned items that people shuffle their hands through all day. It is insane. A lot I of it doesn't make sense. I, I, I'm not. I'm not arguing with you, Tom. I think you're right. I think there's uh, a lot of it is sort of well. How does this make any sense, right? And, and you try and find it a doesn't. rationale, and sometimes you it, can't. It's garbage. It's it's a bunch of hypocrisy. They won't shut down the big stores because they have too much money. That's the honest truth. We all know it. But okay. you want to prove something to us, Jason? Shut down the big guys for three weeks. Then we'll believe you. And we'll believe that this thing is as bad as it is. Okay, thanks, Tom. Good call. Appreciate it. Yeah, and I mean, that's the discussion is if you shut down the Costco's and you shut down the Walmarts and you shut down the Safeways and the big stores... Um, then you're shutting down the grocery stores and you're shutting down the big pharmacies and uh, you, those are absolute essentials. You can't you can't do that. So uh, that's the argument that uh, comes back from the Premier on that point. Let's check in with Shane now. Hi, Shane. Hello. Hello, Shane. Are you, what, are you calling underwater? What's going on? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay, sounds a little better now. That's a little better. I'm, I, I kind of wish sometimes I was underwater, but I, I tell you what the solution is if you ask me. Okay. 14 months, 14 months going on with this small restriction or this large restriction or you know a gym can't open but a Costco can stay open or I can't go get my hair cut whoever whatever I don't whatever it is 
they either need to close everything, go with go with the New Zealand model, so that so that you're locked in your house completely, you're not getting out, yeah. this thing is over, whatever, or or you go with the Texas model. The wide open. Or you open wide open and say, you know what guys, here you go. You know what five percent of you are gonna be okay. Five percent of you probably aren't gonna be okay. And two or three percent of you are gonna die. But we're gonna just let it go wide open. Now do I agree with with that one? Maybe not. But do I agree with these lockdowns? Absolutely not. Yeah, so, and you know what I think Shane, you make a good point that yeah, you got you've got to, you've got to take a stance. You've got to go one way or the other, and we're sort of trying to go halfway this way and halfway that way, and um, it just keeps dragging on. Let's go to Ed. I want to get as many calls in here as we can. Hi, Ed. Hi. How are you today? Good. How are you doing? Oh, not bad. Uh, considering I had the COVID, I'm on long haul. And okay, what does that I mean, long haul? I, I keep hearing about long haul. What are you experiencing? I'm still sick. Still, how I, long? I, 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 I can't go out when it's cool out. Or the next day I'm sick again. i got to wait for it to go above 10, above or warmer. And I have to wear long johns and everything. It's, okay, it's when did you when did you first get it? Like, how long are we talking in terms of long haul here? Well, I've had it since November 8th. Whoa! Of last year, 20. So it's six, it'll be six months on the 8th since I came down with it. And it's, it's bad news. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and, uh, yes, I have had a shot. And I got a shot because it was... Uh, I'd heard through a friend who watches a lot on the COVID that a shot can actually help somebody in a long haul situation come out of it. So oh, okay, I hadn't that's heard that. One of the main reasons. There you go. Okay, Ed, feel better, bud. I mean, that sounds awful. Can you imagine being sick since November? We do hear about these long haulers and you know all kinds of weird things, and uh, yeah, it, it's it's something that they're they're looking more and more into and learning as we go. Right? Um, okay, let's go back to the phone lines here, Jeff. Hi, Jeff. How are you? Jeff, are you there? Okay. Uh, Jeff's not there. I'm going to put him back on hold. Maybe he'll come back. We'll take a quick break and uh, continue with your calls right after this. All right. Just taking a look at the text line um, with this new uh, vaccination framework. This listener says, hi, Shay. I have, I have what you think would would think is a simple question, but I'm struggling for an answer. My husband qualifies under the age framework because he was born in 72, but he doesn't want the AstraZeneca. When does he have to sign up for the Pfizer? Is the province opening up for all vaccines? We don't have any AstraZeneca anymore. We're we're out of AstraZeneca, and um, we're not getting any because we were getting ours from India, and they're keeping it because uh, got a bit of a situation on their hands. Makes sense. Uh, we might get more. Hopefully, we're going to get more when the U.S. decides to send theirs stockpile our way. But right now, we don't have AstraZeneca. So when we're talking about expanding this vaccination eligibility, it's all Pfizer. It's all Pfizer. That's all we're doing right now. And some Moderna, possibly, I guess. But uh, we don't have AstraZeneca, so that's off the table. Kay wants to weigh in. Hi, Kay. Hi. I think that the reasons for all these protests and these people who are refusing to wear masks and uh, being so upset over any and all restrictions are two. One is selfishness, and two is refusal to believe facts when they come from credible sources. If you can't believe the government, if you can't believe the doctors and nurses when they're telling you they're getting overwhelmed, Mm -hmm. who will you believe? They are believing misinformation that they get from Facebook or who knows where. The secret to dealing with this is unity. If we had all approached this together, we would be done with this by now, maybe. Well, we that's didn't. the thing. That's the thing. Uh, you know, if if we had just done what we were supposed to do, 
um, yeah, maybe we would we would be in a different situation. But there is that counter movement in Alberta. Uh, you're absolutely right, there Kate. Is. And and you know what? You I, know, I un- I understand the the economic toll sure. this has taken on people, but that's where governments and charitable organizations, churches, even people who have need to step up and take care of people. I'm, it is not that we that we leave everything open and don't care how many people die. I am with you 100% on everything you've said, Kay. I couldn't agree Thank with you, you more. I think uh, I think you hit the nail on the head and a lot of the things that I've been saying on the air here. Um, yeah, I, uh, I think, you know, if the government is going to do this and say you can't go to work, you can't operate your business, then they damn sure better make sure that you're in good shape. I mean, they, and we didn't do that, right? So now you have this people saying, well, I'm going to lose everything if I don't go to work. I don't have paid sick leave. I can't stay home for two weeks or, I, you know, I can't pay my rent. So, yeah, you're asking people to do things that is almost impossible, and uh, it, it's a bit of a mess. Okay, let's go to Kim, who wants to weigh on this. Hi, Kim. Hi, actually, I've got two points. One for the fellow who was suggesting that we take activity uh, around certain structures, like mm-hmm. the horn. I suggest that people think about people who perhaps live near those structures before they take that <laughs> That's kind That's a fair of point, fair point, yes, okay. Um, and the other concern I have is um, for the return to normal, or not normal, but the removal of these latest uh, restrictions supposedly aimed for uh, the day after the long weekend, my fear is that the same yahoos the previous caller was speaking about will spend May 24th weekend the way they have always done prior to this and that we're going to have a lot of um, virus spreading going on the day after the May 24th weekend when kids are returning to school and businesses could perhaps be Could real. perhaps be opening. We'll have to wait and see. You're, there will be. There will be, Kim. There will be a segment of the population that takes this as a direct challenge to them to show how they will not be told what they can do. Um, there's no question about that. We will see that. We will probably see ramped up rallies and ramped up freedom rallies and protests and all the rest. There's no doubt. Uh, the question is, how will that be handled by law enforcement? We'll see. We'll have to wait and see how that plays out. Let's go to Robert now. Robert, how are you? Okay. Um, nice to talk to you there. Uh, one point, the point I have on box stores is that what they should have done is told them, either you set up barriers within the store such that the customers can access those aisles with essentials mm-hmm. only, yep. or we shut you down. Yeah, and that's been done in other provinces, right? Ontario and Quebec did that, I believe, maybe even Manitoba. So either comply and, and put the non-essentials for them so people can't access them, or you shut down. Yeah, I think, yeah, Robert, I mean, that that's something that uh, other people have raised, um, because it has been done in other jurisdictions. And another point that a couple of listeners have made that is a, is a really, really good point. First of all, if you know, what the caller was saying, well, let's just let, let, let the small businesses pick up the slack on the essentials. Let that happen. And, okay, you're going you're gonna to trot 30,000 people through a small business uh, that's going to go through a Costco on the course of a weekend. Yeah, I don't know if they can handle it. And second of all, a lot of those small businesses are supplied by Costco and other big box stores. So they are an essential business. Um, it, it, we can't deny that fact. It's just It's just what it is. And, uh, you know, it's a tough one for the Premier, as he has stated. Let's go to Dave now, who wants to weigh in on our discussion. Hi, Dave. Hey, how are you doing? Good, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Um, I just, you know, I was kind of thinking about the, um, you know, people commenting on the enforcement and the rodeo as to why the police didn't go in there and shut it down. And I'm I'm kind of having a a thought that, you know, perhaps being a police officer, over the last few years, you're stuck between a rock and a hard place. Because I remember... People saying when the when protesters blocking railway tracks and why yes. don't the police move in there? Well, you know these people have a right to protest. And granted, there's 
a pandemic going on now, but isn't the law the law? If you're blocking, impeding, you know, when uh, when the protests, like for BLM, and I don't want to, BLM's a valuable movement, but when they're blocking off streets and, yeah, sure. and causing damage to people, like, and the cops... You know, how many times have we heard defund the police and cops are Gestapo? And, yeah, well, you know, I know, I know. It's ridiculous. You know? Yeah, and then you've got cops in small towns that are being asked to, to find their, their sons or their daughter's friend's dad and then go to school with them the next day. I hear you. I hear you. I, I mean, it's not an easy gig, but that is the gig. I mean, I don't, you know, they... That is the job. You enforce the laws. Uh, I mean, is it easy? No, I, I, I don't think it is easy, but... Um, I don't think I know what you're yeah. saying. Yeah, and I agree with it. It's not an easy job, but over the last, you know, if if you like to say they went in real hard and and blew the you know the protesters out of when they were blocking off rail, they they would have been hammered you know socially. But now here they're being hammered socially for not for doing the same thing. For you not, know what yeah. I mean? Like, you can't win, can't win for losing, right? Either way you go, someone's going to be mad at you for sure. And that, that, that's the way we've been in this province for some time. And, and the Premier will tell you that more than anybody else, I think. doesn't matter what he does. He's going to get hammered on it. Uh, let's go to Mary now. Hi, Mary. Hi. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to weigh into your conversation. Um, I, you know, the most disturbing thing is how the government and officials do not share which data, scientific data, that they're using to base their decisions on. So, for the example of Governor DeSantis, he publicly um, consulted three expert doctors that was uh, put on YouTube, which they quickly took down, showing which data they were using. And um, here's 22 states now that have opened and will continue to open. And yeah. He, and things are moving quite along. So it's just disturbing that we hear our mayor and we have the premier saying, oh, you bad people, it's your fault for spreading a virus. That's insulting. That's deplorable. That That's our only tactic now. What if it's true, to though? To say it, it's the people's fault. Well, what well, if it's there's true? There's no support for that. You got a PCR test that's well, completely erroneous. They don't even acknowledge now that the CDC has a uh, report right on the CDC and the WHO site admitting now that the PCR test is has a 97% false positive. Uh, it's so not 97%. No, I mean, there are issues with the PCR test for sure. Mary, you're absolutely right. There's a lot of false positives. There's a lot of false negatives. We've seen that. We've seen that happen over and over and over. But um, to, to say that it's 97% false positives is, is a little high, I would think. Okay, let's check in with Ruben now. Get another call in here before we have to go. Hi, Ruben. Hi, thanks for taking the call. Just a, a couple quick thoughts. Um, I I feel like uh, there's some blame game going on. It's like this anonymous finger pointing when, mm-hmm. when you look at, oh, these people who don't follow the rules, it's all their fault that we're in the situation we're in. And, and I'd like to see the data on that. I mean, I, I, I just don't believe that, that a virus is, is going to pick and choose. People are still going shopping and and if they showed us where outbreaks were happening um it would be a lot easier to swallow some of the restrictions but maybe they don't know and that's the reality um and then just a counterpoint from one of the last callers who says people um are just being selfish yep i i take issue with that because a lot of these restrictions are super severe. Like my grandmother was 90 years old. She passed away last year in the middle of COVID. Mm -hmm. And basically none of her family was able to see her when she was dying. And that's not selfish. No, you're right. It's pretty hard to argue with that. 
It is. And so I, I agree with the last caller. We should see more data. It should be more wide open and transparent. And maybe the reality is, is they're just doing their best and the data is not there to support it. I think I don't I, know. Yeah, I think you're right in some cases, Ruben. I think they can't say we know this is the outbreak source because, you know, our contract contact tracing completely fell apart for a while. They had no idea where any yeah. cases were coming from. Yeah, and then so to shut down salons, right? I, I can see why that's frustrating for some people because they say, hey, we're following all the rules the best we can and show us that they're causing a problem. Mm-hmm. And then we'll follow the rules. So, yeah. you know, maybe that's part of the issue is maybe they just don't know. The messaging has not been ideal. I think you're right, Ruben. I think you make a good point in terms of... Um making it clear and concise and easy to understand and we're doing this and this is why and this is what will happen if we do this and once we get to this point this will change uh, a nice clear roadmap would make things a lot easier for a lot of people um you know and i think I, I just to defend the caller who said that people are being selfish i don't know if she was talking about going to visit your dying grandmother um so much as uh, going to a rodeo or, or, or a rally or something like that. i mean there's different things that people have done and you're right they're, they're not all equal they're all wrong they're all against the rules, um, but what's the motivation behind it? We can argue about that, but there, there's different categories of what we're doing.